0: Hello, this is Joshua Bell with the Kilt in the Cloth. This was my sermon from Palm Sunday, April 10th, 2022. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. My scripture this morning is taken from the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 11 verses 1 through 11. If you'd like to follow along in your pew Bibles. It's found on page 45 in the New Testament section. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany. Near the Mount of Olives he sent two of his disciples. And said to them go into the village ahead of you. And immediately as you enter it you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this. The Lord needs it and it will be send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street as they were untying it. Some of the bystanders said to them, why are you doing this? Untying this colt. They told them what Jesus had said and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and then threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. It's important to notice... That this particular story is found in all four Gospels, which is really abnormal in all seriousness. Most of the time you have uh, Mark and that Matthew and Luke copy from. uh, And then John decides to summarize or uh, add on to the stories from uh, Matthew and Luke. So it's interesting for me because this story is in all four Gospels, but they're not the same story. For example, in the Gospel of Mark, there's palm branches, a crowd following him, uh, and they proclaim him king as he's walking into Jerusalem. In Luke, there's no palm branches, but there's still a crowd coming as he's walking into town. Matthew has all kinds of stuff. Luke has uh, even more detail into the story. And John honestly only spends seven verses talking about it. Now, there's some massive things that are taking place in this story. If you look at it from the direction of the first century, in the sense that Jesus is coming in, this very small person in the the scheme of the empire, definitely a non-elite person, being treated like a king, willingly treated like a king. By the other people. He's not walking around saying. uh, Worship me. They're just doing it. Because they know. There's something else happening here. You see this triumphal entry. Throughout history. Especially when emperors would enter a town. The people were required. To place their cloaks on the ground. The people were required to do all kinds of things by throwing flowers and pretty branches on the ground so that the emperor wouldn't even have to touch the dirt on the place that he ruled. That's literally what it says. So there's this weirdness to this story. It's important to remember that in 165 BC there's a, a, a revolt that has taken place with the Maccabeans. And in that story that we we hear, Judas Maccabeus walks into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey after he has slaughtered the Syrian army with the jawbone of a donkey. And he is fulfilling the prophecy in his mind that you find in Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine. I had to say this over and over again in Sunday school so I wouldn't forget. And in that story it says literally uh, an animal that has never been ridden and he will become riding on a donkey into the town as his triumphal entry. So here it is Judas Maccabeus in 165 and here's Jesus in the 30s. It's a big deal people. But You see the difference here is, is that Jesus didn't come to create this type of triumphal entry. God's promise is given, and it's at least partially fulfilled in the establishing a new type of kingdom, something that we struggle with still understanding of how this is supposed to work. When we talk about God's kingdom, we think of things that are like in earth, like, oh, does it look like the Roman Empire? No. Is what Jesus is creating in the Roman Empire? No, he's creating something different, something that's never been seen before. Now, the Gospel of Mark writer would probably, and Matthew would imply that Jesus is going to be even bigger than the emperor. But this triumphal entry into Jerusalem, you know where the expectation jumps to this high moment? Just like Judas Maccabeus' entry? Hmm. Let's pause for just a second. Do you recall meeting somebody in your past that might have been a, like a world leader? Somebody that really meant a lot to you? Somebody that was like your actual hero? Do you, you remember what I'm talking about? Did you take your coat off and lay it down on the ground when they walked up next to you? Did you go find a palm branch or fall palm tree and lay it down? Well, I mean let's say we're in Oklahoma so did you go take a branch off a pecan tree and go lay it down in front of him or her? I mean it's, it's a fascinating story because all of these people they don't even think twice about it as he walks into this And I think we could celebrate with the well-wishers and even participate in their joyous anticipation, except that we know what they don't. As Paul Harvey would have said, we know the rest of the story. We know that this moment is powerful. Everybody that's around is like, this is Jesus. He is going to save us. We're no longer going to be starving. For once, we're going to actually be able to be human beings and not treated like cattle. And we're going to praise him as he comes in as the king. Little did they know what was coming. We know the end of the story. We know that it's Palm Sunday could be referred to as even a coronation day, but with it comes evil. And it tries to extinguish our hope. It tries with every fiber of its being to take away the joy that we celebrate next Sunday. We know deep down in our hearts that we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to admit it. We talk about it in those deep, dark places that Jesus is going to be condemned and murdered. And not tried by a jury of his peers. No, no. Made an example of. This is the hard part, church. God won't come to overpower us. Or even override our human evil and force a king upon us in that moment. You see, the the part that's important for us to put our focus in on in this triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem is to recognize that in those deep, scary places of our world. That God still comes to us in our weakness, in our suffering, in the hiddenness of suffering, and in the triumph of the cross. At that moment, the kingdom changes. When I was in seminary, one of the things that we struggled with a lot was having this conversation about kingdom because what Jesus offers is something bigger than that something that's not to be ruled by human hands a place that John of Patmos or as my daughter likes to call him John the revelator talks about this moment where there'll be an end ending to mourning and crying and pain I use this at every celebration of life service for the old order has passed and the new order is coming. There, there will be no more death, no more suffering, no more starving. You see, that kingdom is awesome. And that's what Jesus establishes with his death and his resurrection. And you get the choice to be a part of that celebratory experience. Maybe for you it's waving palm branches. I don't know. Maybe it's you telling somebody about Jesus. Maybe it's just that moment of saying, you know what, God? Today is hard. I don't want to celebrate. God, I need your help. And somewhere deep, deep in the deepest recesses of our mind, you feel The presence of God wash over you. With a sense of comfort that no human thing can provide. That's the everlasting kingdom that Jesus is creating for each of us. That feeling, nothing can take that away. Nothing changes that. No one can create that. None of us can bring it. Only God can. And how do we do that? How do we know this? By the conversation and understanding of the resurrection of Christ. Jesus did not have to become the conquering hero this night in shining armor. The lone custodian who uh, uh, tidies up the office after five. Jesus comes in and makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem through triumph past our understanding of humanity and gives us a sense of purpose, a sense of love, a sense of compassion that the world still does not understand. So you have a choice, church. Are you here to celebrate the coming of the everlasting kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ? Or not? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.